a little bit of a different introduction from us at TDU today and something that we just wanted to speak to our listeners about before we kicked off the show officially. Earlier this week, a member of the close friendship group that myself, Jack and Alistair are a part of uh, suffered a terrible and devastating tragedy. All three of us wanted to take the time to show our love and support to all those who are in immeasurable pain at this moment in time. For the three of us, actually being able to produce the show this week has been quite a hurdle to overcome. And we just wanted to let our friends and listeners hear and feel our love and support. Jack? Um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm privileged enough to work with um, young people in a school context day in and day out. And, and I get to see and help people through the struggle that, that is life sometimes. Um, and I'm also lucky enough to work with amazing these amazing young people to help them understand and, and how to cope with their emotions and feelings and, and how and what to learn and, and, and eventually see them grow and develop as really wonderful human beings. So I, this is what I say to my kids um, as I'm teaching them and, and, and my students and the people that I work with is I just want to let everyone know out there listening that, you know, no matter what team you support or, or where you're from, um, that there, there is always someone to talk to and someone to support you and someone to really believe in you you're never alone um, during the time you spend in this world. And no matter what, I think for those listening who might need to hear this, like I believe in you, we believe in you, keep pushing, keep fighting. Um, there are always people beside you, even if you can't always see or hear them. Well said, Jack. This has um, been an awful week for all of us. And um, there are a lot of emotions um, in going through the show today. And... Um, to the person who this affects, we're really thinking about you. And we love you. And we'll do our best to go on because um, we really love doing this and the person wanted us to go ahead today. And life can be fleeting, but um, there's a lot of beauty as well. So... To our listeners, we hope you bear with us for this show. It's going to be hard. Um, and if you need help, you can always reach out to us. We're going to try to do what we love to do, which is talking about the charges. But to our mate, we love you. And we're always going to be here from you, um, for you. And we've got your back. There's no easy way to move on from this, but we'll do our best to talk some charges football and try to have some fun doing it. On to the show. being chased, thrown on the run, and it is caught! Touchdown! Keenan Allen! What a grab! That's what I'm talking about! Hey, that's what I'm talking about! That's the warrior spirit right there, boy! Huge sack by Joey Bosa! 90-yard touchdown! 90-yard touchdown! It's going to be picked off at the 8-yard line by Derwin James! Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Guyton! Caught! Touchdown, Chargers! That's the greatest throw I've ever seen. Yes, hello. Welcome, guys. Thunder Down Under Chargers football podcast, fresh off a week nine victory. Andy here, joined by Jack and Alistair. Beautiful words, gentlemen. Guys, it, it has been a hell of a week, but it was nice for the three of us to actually watch the game together. Jack, albeit you interstate, but Al, you came over and we really needed it on Monday night um, after, you know, receiving the news that we had. It's good to get a win on the road too. Falcons recap, obviously coming ahead and the daunting preview of the 49ers matchup on Sunday night football. 
Los Angeles Chargers 20, Atlanta Falcons 17. In what was seemingly a true battle of who actually wants to win this game of football, the Chargers probably could not have got off to a sleepier start coming out of the bye week rest. Overslept. Yet another running rookie running back, rather, with a big ground gain. Tyler Algier busting out, making K9 look like a goose. The return of Patterson looming as a serious threat. Defense slow out of the blocks. Consecutive three and outs on offense saw the bolts slip to an early 10-0 deficit. The shock of quarter time adjustments? The second quarter was a total flip of the page. Chargers defense keeping the Falcons to minus five yards, if that makes syntactical sense. While Herbie was starting to find his groove, makes a big difference when your D can get off the field. Drew Tranquil showing up for a big sack on third and seven, and Derwin getting home on a safety blitz on third and three, the next drive. Up 14-10, thanks to another Eckler brace, notching his 10th career game with a reception and a rushing TD. Woo! The second half showed that the first quarter stagnancy, things not working out on the first drive, and then an incredible strip of rookie Drake London by Big 52. Only for Palmer to take his eyes off on a rocket from Herbert, popping it up for a Richie Grant interception. Disappointing, Falcons capitalize on the turnover, taking the lead back from a second Patterson rushing touchdown. Like it was meant to be though, the fourth quarter started off blissfully for Chargers fans. Having seen us cut kicker Youngway Koo excel since his departure, miss a field goal attempt, enter Dicker the kicker. Two field goals from the big boy in the final five and a half minutes saw the Chargers take the lead as time expired with their third kicker of the season, another special teams hero, another game ball to the kicker. Chargers win 2017, doing no fans' blood pressure any favours. But hey, sitting at five and three off the back of a road win is as good a place as you can be, all things considered. Jack, what are your thoughts? Oh, well said, Andy. That was great. Um, I sort of reliving it and it was really nice. You touched on it. It was really nice to watch it with you, albeit via streaming. We got to sort of react live and that was that was really nice, uh, sort of a really nice moment to share. Um, I'm going to kick us off um, with one of the most important aspects, I thought, um, of this game. And, and that was Palmer um, making amends for a fairly slow start to the 2022-23 season, I thought. Um, when we, when he first, he dropped a couple of catches early, didn't look great, but then went on to catch some very, very important, uh, third downs and some very important catches. And, uh, I was very vocal about Josh Palmer, hopefully taking the reins from Keenan Allen sort of, uh, midway through this season and, and making sort of a selection issue coming into next year, a good thing. So well done Palmer. And, and hopefully you can, um, keep on top of that this week. Here, here, Jack. Because Palmer, I mean, it's easy to overlook that the, the guy has had a combination of knee, ankle, concussion this year to, yeah, to deal yeah, with. Right. And you don't notice that when you watch the game. You just think, geez, he's not really stepping up like we'd hoped this year. But perhaps that explains part of it. And to see him go over 100 yards, it might be for the first time in his career. Um, yeah, I'd say so. He, he just, apart from the one drop, he had eight catches on nine targets. Went over a buck. Um, two of them were contested. So good on him. We, we need him to step up in Keenan's absence. Uh, feeling in a good mood after that win. And, you know, that, that five and three just gives us all a bit of breathing space. You know, the media's not on the coach's kind of throats for the time being, nor are the fans. Um, <laughs> and, but, but what stood out to well, me not was... Not as many it, fans, at least. No, look, yeah. they're still there if you look hard enough. The Wolves. Um, Justin Herbert heating up. Justin Herbert... much better. 
looks like his ribs aren't causing him the same kind of strife. It was his highest adjusted completion percentage for the season at 89.5%. And wow. it just looks like that injury's gone. He made a ridiculous throw across his body to Josh Palmer late in that game. And that's the old Justin Herbert. And if we get that Justin Herbert, it doesn't matter who we play, we've got a chance to win the game. Okay. Yeah, you could you could sense that the play calling had shifted because I think during the week they recognised that he's like probably feeling 10% better and it could be that 10% that's between shit and pretty good, you know, or maybe there's a bigger discrepancy between those two markets, but <laughs> <laughs> feeling in a place, you know, there was a designed uh, rollout right on an RPO. Um, he's scram He just, he wants to go a little bit further. He's not sort of breaking up before, well before the line of scrimmage or the line to gain uh, and, you know, more big time throws. Uh, in there as well, the playbook slightly changed for not that not to say that it was beneficial for uh, the output, but their plays were there, whether or not they were achieved. Uh, I loved seeing that big fourth down, uh, sorry, third down conversion to was the third down in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. uh, 24 yard strike. Woo, beautiful to get into field goal range. Um, and then Groundhog Day. It was one of yeah. those ones where it felt like oh. we did it and then we had to go do it again and he did it again. So yeah, that's Herbert. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, that's it. That's it. No, it's good to see. Jack? Um, uh, Staley keeps bagging on about this and, you know, a lot of uh, journalists and commentators are sort of going, well, what do you think of the run defense? What do you think of the run defense? Why hasn't it improved? And why hasn't it improved? And I'm starting to, whether I'm drinking Staley's Kool-Aid or not, his excuse is always, apart from a couple of outside zone runs, the run defense actually hasn't been that bad. So when I went in the rewatch, I still didn't think it was good. Uh, I mean, SJD you know, is, is not really living up to his name. Um, and the Austin Johnson injury really, really hurts our run defense. Alistair, you shared a really good bit of um, statistics. He's top five in adjusted, uh, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, number run, four run, in the league. Run stop win rate. So. Run stop win rate, which is huge. Um, I must admit, Morgan Fox on the rewatch because I, I did. I, I went back and, as I said, watched the run game. Morgan Fox had a pretty good game. I thought. I, I thought he was serviceable, but man, I put myself on the line and said, if we, if Algeria or Algeria, I think I called him last week, had another outside zone run, I'm starting to lose faith in this Staley's ability to coach this defensive scheme. Alistair, you put a really good um, video up on Twitter about Kenneth Murray uh, and and this outside run that happened. What say you about this run defense? It's struggling. I mean, we won this game despite the same kind of obvious deficiencies popping up and it started with the Falcons rushing for 200 yards. Yeah. I don't want to isolate and blame any specific individual because there are certain plays I showed and, and uploaded to our Twitter which kind of bespeak error across the board. It's the Austin Johnson's getting double teamed and pushed off the ball. So suddenly you've got an offensive lineman getting to the second line and then Murray's engaged, has an opportunity to shoot a gap, but doesn't see it. All of a sudden he's getting pushed out of the picture. Same thing happening to Tranquil. It's, I'm starting to get worried it's, it's a personnel issue rather than a teaching issue. Mm. Um, Kyle Van Noy has been a poor signing so far. Um, we're asking him to do things maybe he's not um, expert at, but we need him to do that while Bose is out of the team and he's not sealing that outside edge with the same kind of level of um, efficacy that Bose would. So 
it's an across the board thing. And what we're doing at the moment is we're just using Derwin as an edge a lot more. And we're actually saying, you know what, we need to play Derwin way closer to the line of scrimmage to stop this run. We've got a hell of a challenge on our hands coming up this weekend against, you know, one of the great architects of run offense in the past yeah. 20 years. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm not saying I'm optimistic about it, but uh, I can't see an immediate solution because it's not like just one person is struggling. You can see almost everyone's struggling. Um, so yeah, good luck. Good luck, Brandon. Yeah. So just on, just on that coaching issue, maybe Al, you've taken the heat off them a little bit uh, there, but I'm just a bit concerned that we have now gone four games in a row trailing by 10 or more points in the first quarter or to start the game off. We have had two weeks to prepare and rest up for this game, knowing he knows Artie Smith, he's mates with Artie Smith, Brandon is. You'd think we were just a little bit more prepared and ready to come out of the blocks and um, uh, and not allow that to happen, especially on the, the things that we knew that they were going to do, run the ball and... Uh. It's almost mm. like you've seen my notes, Andy, because I've got the stats ready to go on that. So the charges. Oh, far away! I'm just I'm shooting that, from the hip tonight. No, you're right. So the the, the charges have allowed 50, fifty-four points in the first quarter, which is thirty-first in the NFL. After halftime, they allow fifty-six points in the third quarter, thirtieth in the NFL. So it's those starts, and if you look at our second and fourth quarter stats, we're in the top fifteen in the league in both. So it's something about getting warmed up into games and into second halves. It's a consistent theme and it's problematic. It's yeah. this weird, it's this weird thing. The def I've got in my notes that, yeah, the defense was poor and, you know, this, these huge runs we gave up over 200 yards, but yet at the same time, the defense also kept us in it in that first yeah. quarter. It's these, mm. and, and the play by Khalil Mack, there are these, it's this they weird. They only scored 17 unique, points. It's this bizarre. Yeah, they've been I feel like points. Regularly I feel like I'm well. Alan Turing watching the bloody um, charges and I'm trying to solve the enigma. I'm like, what is going on here? I'm trying to figure out, is this a good oh, defense? That's a deep cut. <laughs> is, this, is, this, is, this a, is this a good or bad defense? Is this an offense that actually looks all right or is it not? And from quarter to quarter, it just seems so vastly different. Um, and whether that is a preparation issue, whether it's a coaching issue, whether it's an on-field leadership issue, whether it's being underprepared, or is it being overprepared and players not knowing what to do in those first and third quarters because there's so much preparation beforehand at before the game and at half time that they're just sort of stunned. And it's in the second and fourth quarters where they've got a chance to just go and play. So it's that it's 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 weird and we you can prognosticate and, and talk about all sorts of I guess, hypotheses to why this is happening, but such a fascinating, fascinating watch at the moment. I tell you who was prepared and ready to fuck up some Falcons, the past <laughs> defense. Yes. They were ready from the get-go. You've got no explosive plays to wide receivers for an entire game. Michael Davis has just slipped in seamlessly. And he, to be fair, to be frank, he's playing way better than JC Jackson was when he came in. He, he was... Um, allowing a passer rating of 42 when targeted. Asante Samuel didn't even concede a single yard, nor did Bryce Callahan. Now, I know they're not a fantastic passing offense. They don't pass a lot. But, you know, Mariota still had whatever it was, 23 attempts, and they still have two good receiving weapons. And Davis was bodying Drake London in the end zone well on a couple of, mm. couple of those. So, fantastic. If, if they play at that level, and we've got Herbert... And we've got a few individual superstars like a Derwin James we can keep in games, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. It, 
it was interesting. They really did target Michael Davis a whole lot more, but three receptions from nine targets, that's a pretty good return. And one of those pass breakups was delightful. Um, Jack, what what do you see as um, something challenging heading into next week after we, after what we've seen this week? Other than the well, we've sort of we've we've touched on, and we'll I guess when we go into the preview of the 49ers, um, I think the outside run is going to be very very difficult, and with Austin Johnson going down, that's going to be a struggle, uh, and also uh, stopping the pass rush against us. Herbert was not sacked. Herbert is the least one of the least sacked uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. So whether he's doing a fantastic job or Lombardi is actually doing a really good job at scheming uh, short little dink and dunks, which means he doesn't take the hits. Maybe it's a combination of both. It's a combination of Solia and Pipkins doing an all right job. Mm-hmm. Uh, against Nick Bosa et al., I'm a bit worried. Not that the offensive line was poor against the Falcons, but it definitely wasn't incredible. Other than, I must admit, Matt Filer had his best game for the year quite substantially. So I think um, in terms of the offensive line, Pipkin's going down with that knee injury, his day-to-day. Keenan Allen's been day-to-day and it's been now been 10 weeks, so who the hell knows what that means in Staley's dictionary. Uh, the definition is is vast, it changes every day. So yeah, I think the from from the offensive line point of view, that's something that we've got to maybe look at next week as well. Um, Elsa, I've got a question for you. Do you re-sign Drew Tranquil in the off-season? Probably not. Is that from you or is that from what you expect to happen? Possibly both. Because I think he's going to be priceless out of the market. Um, I would love to keep him, but we are in cap hell. We're in a position where we're we're in the red at the moment. Mm. And if he keeps playing at a level which is top 15 linebacker in the NFL, he's going to want to make top 15 linebacker money committing to a three to five year deal. I don't know if we can afford it with all of the people we're paying at the moment. I'd be, I'd like to try and get creative to see how we could make it work. Um, But, you know, it's a position that you Staley believes is less integral in his defense. I'm starting to believe that less and less by the day when I see our poorest run defense. We had 11 missed tackles against the Falcons. Now, Tranquil had five of them, according to PFF. So he's, his run defense might not be his strength. He's it's kind of a better blitzer and maybe in pass coverage. But that's something... One, and one of those sure. missed tackles when he, was when he got blown the fuck up by Cordell Patterson. I oh, felt yeah. bad for him about that, man. He's a big-ass running yeah. back. And he just got a better um, like leverage, leverage, better, better yeah. pad level. Uh, oh, God, absolutely. that was embarrassing, a, man. He he's blew him man. off his feet. Yeah, that'll be... That's meme city. If we'd lost that, he would have just been absolutely destroyed, I reckon. I'll tell you one other um, challenging thing I think needs to turn around as soon as possible. The Chargers had four dropped catches on the weekend, which was their most of the season. They haven't had more than two. And some of them were killer. Uh, Michelle dropped one out of the backfield. Eckler even dropped an unusual one where his eyes went off the ball. Palmer had one drop and the critical one, which we all, I'm sure listeners as well, you just lost the plot. Gerald Everett to start the second half where, you know, that's a big chance. That's a big momentum swinging play there. We went three and out as a result of that and gave them the ball back. And, and didn't he drop one against the Cleveland Browns coming out of halftime as well? And, and that killed the momentum as well. I can't remember seeing a player that makes the difficult catches look easy, but makes the easy catches look like 
the most difficult thing known to man. It's and bizarre. What, uh, what concerned me, Jack, is on the rewatch, I saw an earlier catch where he double clutched it. And I said, oh, I didn't notice that on a live watch. And this kind of foreshadows what's about to occur. Doesn't have the best uh, hands. It's, it's interesting. And I guess I, I put it to you, Andy. Is it time for the Sonny Michelle experiment to end? Uh, I, I feel that if Kelly's now healthy, Spiller showed enough as a, as a power back now that he can get that in, in short yardage situations. He tended to fall forward with power. Sonny Michelle had that maybe three years ago. Uh, Kelly kind of has that, but he's more of that Eckler type as well with maybe a little bit more power. So is it time to see Sonny Michelle move down to that fourth RB spot for good? Jack, I'd really like to see that. I was thinking about that a little bit on my laborious drive home from work today. And I really liked what I saw from Isaiah Spiller. No massive gains, but I, and he's, he's not got burn the grass speed, but the way he moves, he does recognize there was one or two sort of stutters, but I think his first run, he made a move and broke into a hole and he was just turning one or two yards into five or six or four and five. And I liked the way he ran. I'm still not sure that Sony Michelle is being used properly. Um, not all the time. He's not a he's not a catching back, and that was completely on display when he dropped that pass. And he's done it a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, he is good short yardage. I think he's a good pass blocking back. Um, and we did see that he was lining up a little bit behind Matt Filer, uh, adding to the sort of the protection. Um, and that worked quite well. And maybe that's why it seems like Matt Filer had a, had a pretty good game. Um, albeit for that sort of attempted block that he tripped over and fell forward and was an ineligible downfield. Which was... God, that's such a stupid rule, that. Oh, but it's, look, if he was like in a position to catch the ball, but he's rolling and polling all over the floor and uh, he ain't, ain't catching anything other than a bit of hay fever. So... I would really like to just, as I digress into Matt Filer and his physical balance, uh, I'd really <laughs> like to see Sonny Michelle dropped back. I just don't think. I think when you see Josh Kelly recover and return, we will see Isaiah Spiller back on the bench, which is annoying. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't see that much value out of Sonny Michelle and why well, you have good. him rather than get this, get this. What is he, fourth-round draft pick? Get him on the field. Oh, Lombardi's got a love affair with Michelle. It's really quite bizarre. I, I, I don't see it. Anyway, it is what Lombardi is. said he doesn't make the decisions. It's running back coach Derek Foster. That blew my mind. In a presser, he goes, you know, Popper oh, asked him. I did Daniel not Popper know this. Of the athletic, I didn't know that either. Off the, yeah. off the athletic said, oh, what do you think about getting Kelly more involved on that running play? And he said, you know, to be, uh, you know, to be honest, I, I don't call the, the personnel grouping. We call the run and our running what? back coach kind of sends in the running back. So I don't what? know if that's, yeah, Whoa. I don't know if that's common across the league, but you've got random ass running back coach Derek Dam Foster sitting there going, okay, in you go. Now I'm sure there's some level of communication. His hairline and... starts like an inch above his eyebrows. Perfect. Unbelievable. Hey, I'd still He's got take a it. Be be <laughs> However, hair. Uh, I no, think gross. we've seen some change to that because after that discussion and interview, we kind of saw Michelle's snap reductions, uh, snaps yeah. reduced, sorry, and Kelly's increase. So no doubt they're talking during the week, but I think on game day itself, 
that is at the d- discretion of the running back coach to be like, yep, yeah, you go in the game. Maybe Lombardi's too busy thinking of other things. Interesting. Mm. Interesting indeed. Jack, I've got an interesting one for you, my friend. Okay. Um, Mr. Uh, sideline kind of demeanor. <laughs> what, did, what, what did you make of uh, Coach Staley's sideline demeanour this week? So the team's gone down 10, 10 zip. Did anything stand out to you in particular or you didn't notice this week? Nothing in particular if you're alluding to something that we talked about on, on the live watch. But I No, the Cleveland game when you were saying, you know, he, I want to see more yeah. you know, intent when you're down by 10 points early in a game. Well, down well, earlier again, did you notice anything? Well, well, whatever he's doing, it's obviously working because we're getting back into the game. So I guess maybe the, maybe the focus needs to go into the preparation beforehand. So let's get a let's get a camera in the locker room to go and see what he's actually saying to them. Uh, yeah, and, guys, and when they run guys. out of the field, that they're just so confused. Okay, men. I, I think yeah. there's a few hey guys, there, yeah. there are some guys. Uh, I mean, the the one thing that I will say is this: I can't remember a Chargers team ever having this amount of fight from week to week to week. They seem they, they just don't go away. And I think that's a credit to what Staley's trying to do. He did call out, uh, whether it was in the post-game press conference or in the last week leading up to the Falcons game, he alluded to that there are a lot of people that want to talk about the past. There are a lot of people that want to talk about the charges, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, and, and what we did in close games. But I'm focused on the now. I'm focused on building the culture now here. Yep. And if we use that metric alone, Clearly, the team is is fighting to get wins. I there's no rhyme or reason why this team is five and three. It's 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 quite it's quite stunning when I really rationalise it. So um, Staley, just get your pre-game and halftime speeches or preparation right. I don't know. Go and on. all we can ask you to do is self-evaluate. And today during his press conference, he was asked about the slow starts. And this week they're trying some different things around practice and training awesome. where. Um, like kind of faux or, or fake game scenario where it's important that you're in and out of your huddle and your kind of play design to start your practices. So they're trying to make it a focus area. I love it. Practice, you, get, you practice like you play and you play like you practice. It's a very old saying, but it's very, very true. But yeah, I agree. We are seeing a lot more heart out of this team. Um, and I loved Staley on the sidelines. He was—he just wanted to be one of the boys, you know. Oh, He's... with the max strip. Did you see him running down the oh, sideline with man. him? Shocking reek. Flapping like a pigeon. <laughs> just going, going hoo-ha and jumping up on Herbert at the end. Oh, you know, he was just next to me. So I definitely yeah. saw both of them say, I can read lips pretty well. My old man's deaf as a doornail. <laughs> sure there is. Was, there was reciprocal I love yous. And I like to see that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like to see that. At least there's no um, kisses on the lips like Tom Brady. Yeah. I reckon Sean McVay might do a bit of that gear too. Just <laughs> That's the weird side of LA over there. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be Brandon. Oh, golly. No, he's from Cleveland, mate. Uh, Working class hero. Yeah. Blue collar lover. Mm. Just like myself. Um, guys, anything further from the game? I mean, let's, let's talk a bit of player stock or coach stock. Jack, do you want to hit us up with a bit of snakes and ladders? Sure. Uh, I'll go. My first snake is I'm going to go a little bit more macro than the Falcons and Chargers game, and I'm giving my snake to fucking turf fields. Can we can we get rid of them? Because oh, you're hot on the Twitter. You're the, hearing that you're hearing the pros. Well, I hate it. Well, I mean, the fact is we've lost one of our premier receivers for ten weeks now. Um, 
maybe perhaps because of it. But get rid of it. Let's just get rid of it. And and this is I don't want to see injuries to prime time players. I want to see the best players play. So get rid of turf fields, guys. Come on, come on, NFL, be better. Otherwise, you're going down the snake. I'm gonna go. So you've given a spoon. You've just dished out a spoon to turf fields. I like it. Well, always always our secrets. The segments are basically the same. Just yeah, but no, no, no. My point is that Jack always just he goes. No, I want to play the rule. These are the rules I want to play with today, and I love it. Love yep. the ingenuity. <laughs> I'm going to climb the ladder to um, where Bri- uh, Bryce Callahan's been resting because it was very interesting. He had only 19 snaps on the weekend, and before the game against Atlanta, the least he'd had in any game was 37. So 16 less. Um, I was initially worried that this was injury-related because old Bryce Gall- Callahan has never played more than 13 games in an NFL season in six years. But I suspect, since he's not on the injury report, it was simply a matchup thing. The Falcons run and run and run the ball. Uh, we probably don't need a slot cornerback in as much as in previous weeks, which is fantastic. We won the game. He had barely any tread on the tyres. Um, so that's up the ladder for Bryce Callahan's long-term injury health. I have just mozzed him for sure. Mozzed him! <laughs> uh, <laughs> take it off me, Andy. Uh, I'm going a a snake and a ladder. So I'll, I'll start with my my ladder. Um, had a great game. Got blown up by Patterson. Drew Tranquil just keeps improving, improving. On the flip side, and going by the question of re-signing him, my snake is Kenneth Murray. And I'm concerned that as we don't value the linebacker uh, position at Charger Land, that Drew Tranquil is going to walk into the money pit. And we are going to change the assignment once again for Kenneth Murray and push him into the role of that commanding middle linebacker. Um, I guess the snake should also go to whatever philosophy the defensive future holds. But for now, I'm not seeing any kind of just football smarts from Kenneth Murray. Like he can lay a hit and he's making tackles eight yards past the line to gain and he's standing over the guy like he's a big boy. But you, you, the that that Algier run, missing big time. Just completely sucked in on the read and out of position. So go, Drew. Get better, Kenneth. All right, speaking of reads, I'll give you a ladder. And this ladder is going to grown-ass men. There's lots of grown-ass men out there, grown-ass men. I heard that about three or four times from the commentary uh, when they're talking about Khalil Mack or something like that. Um, we have some grown-ass men on uh, on our defense, Khalil Mack, Derwin James being a couple of them. Uh, I'll give you another la- – I'll give you a snake. Jonathan to- Vilma was all about the grown-ass Vilma man. Vilma was love the grown-ass man, grown-ass man, a snake. Kenny Alberta's in the box next to him going, yeah, Okay. Right and and uh, this is another commentary thing. Uh, I'm giving this a snake. It's sliding down my slippery slope. Uh, excuses for dropping the balls because Herbert throws it like a Tasmanian devil. Like trying Turn to catch up, a mate. Tasmanian devil. Jeez, sh- just catch the ball. He's throwing it fine. That's that's one of my snakes. Anyway, who, who <laughs> said that, goes. by the way? Which which dropper said Joshua that? Joshua Palmer, I believe. Keep your eyes on the football, mate. Yeah. I reckon the old jugs machines will be a ladder for this week. Invest as many as you can and buy them and get them out there. Need some urgent practice. Uh, Another ladder for me, Ryan Ficken and Dicker the Kicker. I just love the fact that we have not had a Chargers special teams moment for the whole season. 
No yeah. block fucking punts. No kick return touchdowns. Punt return touchdowns. It seems like this guy's embraced the role. He's good with the younger players. That's exemplified by your Jasir Taylor and Dean Leonard, who are sixth and seventh round rookies, making critical splash plays to win a game. We have our third kicker within a season come out and win us the game, essentially. He looked good. I would like us to persist with Dicker. I think he's a first or second year player. Sorry, listeners, um, from a University of Texas. Why not in kind of invest and, and watch this guy for the next few weeks and then make a decision once Hopkins is ready to return, who's really the long-term future of the kicker position for the Chargers. He has a wonderful opportunity to, um, to win that job. Don't know about his face, but that's okay. That's kind of by the by. What did I say on Monday? Flosses with a pillow. Looks like it. Looks Ficken like is it. a guy that will really see the impact in our organization in another 12 to 18 months as a lot of those sixth and seventh round rookies come in. I think he's, he's a great, great uh, addition to the Chargers. Yeah, uh, more from me. I'm going to say um, just a little stepladder. Uh, I know we get we get we get torched a little bit for being two pro coaches here on TDU, but I'd like to think that we're fair and we point out the strengths and weaknesses. A little stepladder for Brandon Staley in the way that he managed the clock at the end of the first half and at the end of the game, we managed to hold on to the ball uh, for the last four and a half minutes. Still have two timeouts where we could address our personnel on that completion. I actually think it was first and ten. Um, down the field and uh, yeah, have three seconds left on the clock to call the last one. And um, so well done because it's been a little bit concerning. I'm really glad you said that because old school coaches would not have run the play prior to Eckler's fumble because they would get conservative. And it's one of my bugbears when there's still time on the clock and your kickers within field goal range, you could run more plays to get even closer, but you think, Oh, but what if there's a fumble and what if there's this? I'm just going to, I'm going to send my field goal kicker out from 45. And this was the example where it bites you. We decided to run another play and then Eckler fumbles the ball. But I like that process. When you have a first time kicker who's never kicked really in an yeah, NFL yeah. game, every yard counts. Why send him sure. out from 41 when you can send him out from 37 or 33? So I yep. like the process. The outcome almost blew up in our face because Eckler's gone and fumbled the ball. You need to be better, Austin Eckler. Come on, man. Um, but good on, good oh, on he was for managing a bee's the dick well. away from being down, and it got yeah. ripped out as he was falling to ground. So, look, well, I mean, pretty I'm, unlucky with where he wasn't wasn't called down. You know, mm -hmm. uh, there was that reception that cost us fourteen hundred bucks uh, <laughs> on on that elbow down play, uh, but. Look, well, I'm no, I'm no, glad someone's mentioned the fumble that. because I'm giving the ladders to Alistair, something close to your heart. Justin Herbert's invisible kung fu because this guy's running <laughs> towards the Falcons player, the name I completely have forgotten off the top of my head, and the guys looked at him and just dropped the ball. Oh, so whatever, my, oh, yeah. whatever mind games Herbert were yeah. playing, give me some of that. That's, that's going up my ladder. I'll do a couple more as we go around. Uh, I'll just do, be really quick here. Um, Vato, Callahan, ASG as a cornerback grouping, they are definitely going up my ladder. I think they're yep. um, JC Jackson who. Uh, and funnily enough, Kirk Cousins' rig, is that going up my ladder? 
Maybe my ladder's climbing. Who knows? But he was looking pretty happy when he was you done. You got snake out about it, did you? It sounds, <laughs> sounds like you've gone up the snake there. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I have gone up the snake. Um, speaking of snakes, my last couple were PFF for giving Tranquil a poor grade. I think they get they get, they put him in the red uh, for those five missed tackles, which is very unfortunate. I thought he played a better game than that. And also slippery snake for the people who thought Austin Eckler was washed. Ta-ta. Get eaten by yeah, the snake. Keeps keep sliding. Yeah, it's keep a sliding. full slippery slide. Alrighty. Let's move right along to what's to come. It's the week nine preview against the San Francisco Ford sorry, week ten preview against the San Francisco 49ers. Now, coming out of the last game, it wouldn't be a Chargers game without a heartbreaking injury. Um, Austin Johnson. Our, arguably our best run defender has sprained his MCL like every other Chargers player has this year, but he's also fractured his knee. He's ruled out for the season straight onto IR. That hoits no good. Uh, Trey Pipkins played with a little bit of um, knee soreness. Uh, Storm Norton subbed in for him a little bit. <clears throat> he didn't practice on Wednesday, uh, nor did Chris Rump, obviously. Mike Williams still no good. Uh, Hopkins still no good. Keenan Allen, it's got to be the the laughing stock of the Chargers injuries is day by day, just keeps tweaking it. But Staley seems confident that it's we're looking at days, not weeks, or a week, not a month. Uh, Khalil Mack gets the rest, and Jerry Tillery's off doing some business. So it's looking a little bit ominous. Um, for that run-heavy uh, operation that mm. Shanahan runs with um, our big guy. It just sort of – we've signed um, Braden Fahoko up from the practice squad to sort of fill hey. that role. So that's that's really fun. A lot of a lot of fans are massive on that. And Go get a Braden. Just yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Uh, it's going to be fun to see that. Um, with the injury to Trey Pipkins – we have signed, and forgive me, I've forgotten his name, Al, I know you know, it. Uh, Pleasance onto the practice squad as backup, and Forrest Sorrell has been taking snaps with the first team. So we've got Solia and Sorrell. Ooh, that's trouble. That's trouble. It's going to be interesting. We've got two rookies and a nobody on the line and a left guard who's been playing with questionable form and... Um, Corey Lindsley, our one B. So it's it's going to be a big job, big mission. Mm. Um, Andy, can I can I just say something on Foster Sorrell? I know the fan base is very anti Norton, Norton antivirus. Mm. Um, but <laughs> but but consider that consider this. Norton, Norton gave up Norton anti sax. He's pro sax. He's anti blocking. Shocking. So Norton, Norton anti blocking. Um, <laughs> he, he gave up he gave up zero pressures from the eight pass block reps he had on the weekend. I know the Falcons edge rushes stink, but just be careful what you wish for. Norton had a last season, he played a thousand snaps. His PFF run blocking grade was 75.5 for the season. Wow. And in four individual games, he had a PFF grade above 70 including 84.8 against the Vikings. Now, Foster Sorrell has never played an NFL snap. 
He's an undrafted free agent out of Stanford. He was a former five-star high school recruit. He was like the best tackle coming out of the country and then just never developed in college. So he's getting runs in the NFL based on his high school pedigree. And he's only um, from 2021. So he, who knows, maybe he's worth investing in. But I would just caution the Chargers fans who think, oh, don't send out Norton again, he's hopeless. Maybe Norton has his one random good game and that could be a lot better than Foster Sorrell on debut lined up against Nick Bosa. Well, I think the practice thing was a little bit of trial by fire for Forrest Sorrell just because he's practicing doing first team reps doesn't mean he's going to get the job. They're going, okay, this is what you're going to face. So if you can get through a couple of practices dealing with Khalil Mack and Derwin James, um, <clears throat> then sure, we'll give you a go. But I think they know what they're getting out of Storm Norton, and that is mediocrity on the greatest of days. So they're just going, is this guy better or is this going to be a real bad decision when we as coaches can't afford bad personnel calls? So look, give him a go. Uh, we'll just have to see. I, yeah, like I said, I, I did like the the um, the personnel adjustments that we had. We had far more sort of 22, 23 personnel using um sony michelle like i said earlier is the uh like almost like an additional halfback linesman um so look i'm sure they'll cook up something good fun can't all be bad uh all right jack do you want to let us know what's been going on with the 49ers it's been a couple of weeks since they played yeah, I just on speaking of cooking up, if you've got Solier and Sorrell, do we have any offensive linemen named Rosemary, Oregano, and Time? Because to be honest, then you've got a vegetable or a, a, a see what a you've done there with Sorrel, not yeah, bad. And then, geez, give me a bit of give me a bit of lamb, and I can cook up a good meal. Uh, Read a cookbook, have you? Yeah, just that went few. over my head. The herbs experts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Hey, cooking herbs that is for me anyway <laughs> but um uh where are we started so 49ers so they're coming off the bye week uh before that they had a game against their rivals in the rams uh, mccaffrey became the 11th player in nfl history funnily enough to, with a rushing touchdown a passing touchdown and a receiving touchdown in one game um and the 49ers fairly easily extended their regular season mastery over the Rams. That's eight yeah. wins in a row over their NFC rival uh, in regular season games. That is uh, 31-14. Um, they were trailing that, four- by the way. Like yeah. screw McVay. Go yeah. Shanahan. Um, they were trailing 14-10 at halftime, but the Shanahan put on a pretty good coaching masterclass with an 88-yard drive capped by McCaffrey's um, TD catch down the sideline. McCaffrey then made a 24-yard run followed by a one-yard score. Uh, one yard score with 12.07 to play. Garoppolo passed for 235, two touchdowns as San Francisco answered 24 unanswered points, I should say, to finish its, to, to finish the victory. Um, I thought from that game, where do you start? Trent Williams, McCaffrey, Ayuk, Kittle, Debo Samuel, defense, Bosa, Warner, Amenahu, Hufanga, the cornerback and safety trio of Lenoir, Ward, Burks. Wowee. It's a fairly high-powered running, high powered defense opponent and i really enjoyed actually watching them i love watching shanahan schemes um yeah this is a little bit worrying i'm a little disappointed jack i'm gonna <clears throat> say it right now i was expecting a much more profound pronunciation of Hufunga uh, when you reeled off and i Do think we spoke about Rewind. this in a, yeah, we spoke about this in a production meeting bosa warner omenahu Hufunga. there yeah, we go it's a better. little bit better <laughs> yeah 
Just say it like you mean it. Or should I say oh, Troy Polamalu? Because that's what that guy looks like. Does, doesn't he? Yeah. Trains with him. He looks like a, looks like a freak. Can, if he can be half of that man, then... Go. Oh, jeez. Yeah, anyway. look, it's... it's uh, Al, what are you thinking about the... Um, have you got anything on the, the 49ers last game or their sort of form? Because it's been a bit shaky, you know? They're, I think their four and four record doesn't really tell the picture of what kind of football yeah. team this is. I'm worried about this one. I mean, in our preseason podcast, I predicted a Niners win in this. That was before all of the injuries. And I suspect part of their shaky form is a combination of Trey Lance was starting at quarterback early for a while. There was a weird weather game to start the season against the Bears, remember? Extreme wind, throw it out. Uh, And now... They lost to the Broncos. Yes, that's right. They lost to the Broncos. They lost to the Falcons. Um, And now they've got Christian McCaffrey. And we get them just as all these people return from an injury, right? Like Debo's back. Kyle Juszczyk is back. Mitchell, their running back, is back. They, they could be the best team in the NFC by the end of the year, you know? I know that's a tall order with Philly having the record that they do, but that's the upside of this 49ers unit. Building so, nicely. Building yeah, nicely. Yeah, I'm a bit worried about them. I'll move straight into their strengths and... The strength that kind of jumps off the page is that the, the number one run defense in the NFL conceding only 3.4 yards per attempt. And they face um, an anodyne running attack in the in the charges. So that's going to be one thing I don't expect to improve this week. I really don't expect we're magically going to get better at rushing the ball against the league's best run defense. Uh, and then... Another one that sticks out to me is their offensive weapons, which we've spoken about, arguably the best in the league. You've got Debo here, Kittle there, McCaffrey, Ayuk. Gosh. I mean, come on. It's uh, yeah, extraordinarily difficult to stop. And then you've got like a trick play or a wheel route right with um, Kyle Juszczyk, and they can do whatever they want. They're a very yeah. talented offensive outfit. To, to quote Staley, they are a... Pretty goddamn complete football team. Uh, or just a lot of very complete players. Those weapons are dangerous in a one-dimensional sense, but they can do three to four-dimensional things, each of them. Debo, Uchik, Uchik, sorry, <clears throat> McCaffrey, throwing tutties. Goddamn. Like, just just give us give us a break. And Hufunga. He's absolutely balling in their secondary as well. It's um, they're, they're good at everything, man. Javaris Ward is there, Mosley. Even their pass defense is eighth in the league. So you've got the best run defense and the eighth best pass defense. Good luck. Yeah. And, and I yeah. mean, you, you match that with a Shanahan who can f- hasten the game up, can slow the game down, can bleed you dry, can put points on the board very quickly. Uh, and we all know that, that that typical Shanahan run scheme is going to be something for us that's going to be really hard, difficult. And talking of Solia and Sorel, last week Bosa had a, not our Bosa unfortunately, but Nick had a pass <laughs> rush win rate of 33.3% and yeah. Amenahu had Jeez. a pass rush win of closer to 50%. Now, arguably that's against the worst offensive line in football with the Rams. Uh, but I have a feeling Justin Herbert's going to have a very busy day stepping up and out of the pocket. Yeah. Yeah, um, oh, and they've got the best linebacking duo in the NFL. Oh, no worries. Yeah, with Warner and Greenlaw. <laughs> Warner, yeah, Just in case no you worries. thought their second level was no good, they're definitely the best in the whole NFL. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and Arm, Armstead's coming back. Is is he? Is, is he? No, he's got. He, well, he he didn't practice today at all. Yeah. Uh, with okay. a quad, so there could be a couple of blessings in disguise. There. And uh, Stevenson and Epicum as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's. I mean, <clears throat> I'm looking at the the 49ers' weaknesses, and I I ain't seen many, mm. other than on the odd occasion. You don't really know what kind of Jimmy G you're going to get. Precisely. But I'm hanging out for neither of those two defensive players to play, Ebercom or uh, Armstead. Armstead, sorry. And for Jimmy G to shit the bed. <laughs> but I'm terrified because um, we don't have the edge rushing prowess that we could have. And uh, I don't necessarily trust our – I'm hoping that – more of our corners, if we play a sort of similar set to one one linebacker and four down linemen to sort of aid in the run, which was another good coaching adjustment that we might, made on um, Sunday, was that we just pretty much kept tranquil on the field and four down linemen, and it really did help um, stop the run. We're going to have to do a whole lot more than that, and it's, um, it's pretty scary. I don't see where we have glaring... Uh, or they have deficiencies that we can like exploit, and it's like, oh, you know, Falcon secondary shit. So we'll just um, we'll we'll eat lunch. I, I mean, I mean, outside of Trent Williams, their offensive line is serviceable. It's not it's not incredible, but someone like a Trent Williams, and this goes back to their strengths, he can nullify whoever goes at that at that going at that left tackle. So if that's Khalil Mack, if we had Bosa, but we don't. So um, yeah. The, we're gonna we talk, don't even have rump, the man. Line. We don't even have a, like a, a decoy that we can send at Trent Williams and just go happy for you to lose mm. every snap. We Alistair, send you get after them. You can get Tusker. after them. McGlinchey's good on at right tackle, but he's conceded five sacks on the year. Um, and their centre, Jake Brendel's basically a rookie, so they've yeah. got some weaknesses. And their right guards not not flash. <laughs> so I agree with you. I went, I went hunting for some weaknesses because I was desperate to find some. And I don't even know if these are weaknesses you can exploit, but here are three. They're the 21st ranked third down defense in the NFL for some reason. So they're not that good on third down. And they're the 30th ranked fourth down defense in the NFL. Oh, don't, don't know that. why. So let's go for some fourth downs, Brandon. <laughs> and then also they're the 26th ranked red zone defense. In the okay. NFL. Okay. So they've got so third down, fourth down, red zone. For some reason, this team of superstars on defense isn't getting it done. Now I don't know if that's just a sample size issue, but let's go at let's go at it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And Jack, have you got any more 49ers deficiencies? The only thought that I just had as Alistair mentioned that they're relatively poor in the red zone is because their offense tends to need quite a lot of room to operate in. They need that big, that that big um, sort of jumbo set rushes to get out on the outside. Debo needs a lot of space. Um, so does McCaffrey needs a lot of space, um, you know, to operate in to to get those bursting plays. So I don't know. Maybe we try and maybe we try and contain. The burst plays. I mean, that's a really shit way of putting it, but I don't know how else to do it. <laughs> I do also screwed man? you up. I also screwed you up there. It's, sorry, it's the red down def- It's the red zone defense. That's no good. Okay, so completely reneg everything I just said. Then that's my fault. If we stop them in the red zone on offense, I'll be f- over the moon because they got weapons aplenty. Yeah, yeah, they're they're, sm- they're smoking in the offense. All right, keys to victory. <clears throat> like I said, I think there's a, a really big importance, especially with the 
deficiencies that we're facing week after week after week, losing one of our best run defenders, personnel importance on uh, obvious run plays. You just can't have Kenneth Murray like in there on essentially first and second downs. It's becoming, Would you get Reader in, Andy? Well, Ogbong Mamega or something? Would you change it up? Why not? Against the best rush. Or do you back in Murray on Sunday Night league? Football and Far say, this out. is it, Kenny? Yeah. Sunday Night Football, all eyes are on you. Go and show us your first-round pick. Uh, I'm, glad the, I'm glad the responsibility is not mine because I, I don't have the answer for you. All right, Mr. Reid, what would you do, mate? Is Kenny Murray in the starting lineup or are you uh, sidelining him, pining him? Yes, no, he's in the starting lineup. But yep. you've got to start him and just let shit hit the fan before yep. you then make that call. Like cool. you've, you've always got to go in with your best, and I don't think Ogbong or Troy Reader are better, which is scary. <laughs> All right, I've I've got two keys, one on each side of the ball. Important for Everett and and all to attend to your drop issues because their defense is good. And their safeties and linebackers in coverage do give some plays up. We can't be dropping those catches when they're there to be had. We, if we have two or three drop catches again, ball game. So that's one yeah. easy key to focus on. The other side, be opportunistic when Jimmy G gives you opportunities. Because he yep. will. If it's a dropped interception to Asante Samuel, that's the game. When you get just your opportunity, about. snag it. They're just two simple keys. And they both ran catching the ball. And uh, it's, just, it's, it's, it's pretty much fundamentals. You know, yep. Let's just execute. I've got a couple. My two that are kind of connected. Uh, force Jimmy G to throw or stay in the pocket. So let's try and force him to pass as much as we can. Yep. And linked to that is perhaps defensively use disguise blitzes as much as possible to um, to really put some pressure on Jimmy G because we know he makes those one or two mistakes a game. As you said, Alistair, let's capitalize them. Uh this is more to do with run defense. So let's set the edge. Let's do everything we can to set the edge and let, let's just try and get them into the middle of the field and give DJ the best chance to impact the game. And this is just semi into my predictions as well, but try not to let Shanahan bleed us like a stuck pig because there's (laughs) going to be a point where he goes, cool, we're up by three scores. I'm just going to run the ball at you all of the third quarter. Good luck. Gee, and, if, we're up, if they're up by three scores that early, I mean, it's going to be pretty grim watching on uh, Monday or Tuesday, whenever yeah. I go. Mate, we keep it tight. It. We're a chance because Shanahan's one of these punt on fourth and short dudes. Yeah, he doesn't he manage game scenarios that yeah. well. The Falcons debacle in the Super Bowl. He's a bit iffy in those moments. So keep it close, and he might just bugger it up. Mm. Yeah, he's de- well, he's definitely not a not a perfect coach. That's for sure. Uh, Jack, give me your your prediction. Uh, oh, What's really happening? quick one. Rookie watch from San Fran. Drake Jackson out of USC. He mm. was that super, supreme athlete. And he's actually mm. playing all right. I've actually been tracking him. He was in my mock drafts for us in the second round where we didn't have a pick anyway. Uh, I'm a bit morbid on this one. I'm going 49ers 27, Chargers 7. We oh, are scoring oh, one <laughs> touchdown. Uh, and I'm going to say that Herbert sits out the last quarter. Godness. Okay, uh, not quite that grim, but I'm Jack. Grim. Sorry, Jack. Can you give me? A, can you give me an INT level? No INTs for Herbert. I just don't think we. I just don't think we move the ball against this defense. Jesus. I'm happy to be proven okay. wrong. I hope you are. <clears throat> I hope you are too. I hope I am too. I've gone 49ers 27, Chargers 17, 10 point loss. Too too far without Keenan and Mike. I mean, 
maybe for your full strength, but not not right now. But it's okay. We've got a couple of wins up our sleeve. Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> I predicted that the Chargers would win this game at the start of the year, thinking that we'd be licking our chops with a disgruntled Jimmy G as the second stringer and Trey Lance um, fuddling it up. And I severely underrated San Francisco. I will go Chargers 13, San Francisco 24, 11-point win, and a um, bit, bit more fury on the socials from all the um, the worthy yeah. Chargers fans. Let's just get so, out of there with no injuries, clean break, yeah, just a look, loss, I'd please. Rather us, just I'd rather loss. us with Jack scoreline and no more injuries than yeah. <laughs> getting close at any cost. So there we have it. All right, guys, it's been uh, it's been great chatting with you both. Uh, looking forward to seeing you both you too, on the weekend to celebrate yep. Alistair's Bucks party, as it is his his nuptials coming up in about six weeks. So that's very exciting. I won't be here next week. I'm shooting off up to the New South Wales coast to enjoy a bit of relaxation. So the boys will be taking care of all of my duties and all of their own. But as always, thanks for joining us on Thunder Down Under podcast. We will see you next time. Hopefully, see you later. Against the 49ers. See ya.